0: Welcome to the Ad Proficiency Podcast, presented by NerdJam.net. Whether you're a brand new player or a veteran dungeon master, we're here to help you add depth to your game. Today on Ad Proficiency, we're going to be focusing on intelligence skills. Most of these are underutilized by players, and that's why we're going to be bringing extra attention to them. So right off the bat, a note about knowledge-based skills is that knowing how to do X is extremely open-ended. And many times you can generate outcomes by proposing them in a way that makes sense to your GM. Uh, So starting with Arcana, how would you describe Arcana? Arcana is going to be your knowledge of
1: magic and the magical world around you. It's going to be knowledge of magical creatures that are not normal animals. Um, Knowledge of like fairies, that kind of thing um spells it's magic definitely. items
0: runes planes that kind of thing
1: oh i also like to use it as being able to read magic uh like magic scripts runes that kind of thing the ability to actually do so
0: mm-hmm. to
1: comprehend it being literate in magic okay how would you use a knowledge ability like this in combat so, that would, I would use that actually as a uh, counterspell tactic. You make the knowledge arcane, you make the arcana check first
0: to see if you can identify the spell and then use that as mm-hmm. your uh, counterspell roll. I believe there's a rule for that in Xanathar's guide, actually. So, good call on that.
1: Counterspelling was big in previous editions. Mm-hmm. So, that would, it makes sense that they'd bring it back.
0: Mm-hmm. I, I imagine if you're in an arcane environment. That you would be able to use this skill, uh, it, it's in an open-ended way uh, to identify things about your environment that might give you a boon. Uh, I know fighters have a specific ability that allows them to size up specific information about their enemy. Maybe something like this, as far as like a magical creature is concerned.
1: Definitely, we'd get you some insight into what a creature, can, what a magical creature can do. Um, let's say that a mooncat can cast wish. Three mm-hmm. times a day, that kind
0: of thing would we'll let you know those kind of things. What what hurts them? That kind yeah. of yeah. How would you use this for mobility?
1: For mobility, um, really, that would get you a lot of information. For like, if there's a magic carpet uh, rental in the town, if we're talking about a large metropolitan area, like in the Ravnica setting, there mm-hmm. are so many different forms of transportation for getting around the plane if we're talking about that setting Mm -hmm. that knowledge arcana may be particularly useful for you if you're trying to find a teleportation expert
0: oh yeah enchantments on boots wagons wheels uh this is a great opportunity to use that arcanist tools proficiency that you may have picked up and perhaps never done anything with uh whereas i would say the arcana skill arcana arcana allows you to know about magical things that the toolkit allows you to interact with those things. Uh, and so maybe this is a good time to start exploring, ask your DM, uh, if you can just start studying forms of transport of magic. Uh, as far as utility goes, I feel like there's a lot you could do with Arcana in terms of knowing about things. Uh, this, this kind of goes back to that content generation thing I was talking about before. So, like, say you are in this, this environment, this magical environment. Uh, you could say, like, if I know there's an arcane current running beneath our feet, do I know a way that I could safely redirect a portion of it to accomplish X goal? Uh, something very open-ended like that. Just see what they say. Identify useful properties. Am I able to identify... Uh, anything that this gouged basilisk eye can do, I mean, we know that you know they turn them into stone when it's alive. Surely there's got to be something left over when it's dead.
1: And then also being able to uh, figure out what an eye, magical item can do without being the one that creates it. And this will let you figure out what the item, basically, what the aura of the item is and what it exactly can do for you.
0: Mm-hmm. I feel like this is one of those social skill opportunities where the way you phrase the pseudoscience is going to have a lot to do with how convinced your GM is to let that happen. Definitely agree. Uh, how would you role play uh, a character who knows a lot about magic or the occult?
1: So you could really role play that as for fun, a librarian, someone who has access to all of this obscure mm. knowledge and just gets it because they can mm-hmm. um not for really any reason just to have knowledge you can frame it as someone as a secret keeper someone trying to hoard all of these secrets for use against other people mm-hmm. that kind of thing like there's there's a lot of really interesting yeah, for... you could
0: you could really go anywhere with that. I feel like a life shaped by knowledge of the arcane is bound to be interesting. Like unless you're just a nerd scholar who only reads books and never does anything, I'm thinking like a witch or a witch hunter, uh, an occultist. You know, like a diviner or maybe someone who interacts with ghosts. Uh, maybe you grew up in a haunted house, or you're just simply aware of like a another side of the world that others are not. Uh, how would you reflavor Arcana?
1: So um, for modern settings where you don't have a lot of magic, you can have Arcana be your tech- technology use t- mm-hmm. type of skill. Because really that would be the analog to, the, to our world would be any kind of technological skills.
0: Mm-hmm. I believe a game you and I played together, uh, we divvied it into engineering for a no magic setting. But if you like, GMs can take that even a step further and divvy that up between electronic and mechanical engineering, and that will sort of allow you to run uh, Arcana in a no-magic setting. Uh, How would you know about this information? What are ways we could reflavor this as opposed to just like rigorous study?
1: Um, Well, you have your... uh sorcerer type thing where it's it's in your blood so right right your natural and it kind of just comes to you through ancestral knowledge almost um that's a fun way of doing it um you could like even with the avatar style thing you can have it where the people that have come before you your literal ancestors are the ones telling you
0: how to do these things it's just like in
1: there and you can like communicate with them like in your dreams when you're prepared for per- when you're getting your long
0: rest i like the idea but, of packed magic or like that you're getting it from like a separate entity definitely uh, something that comes to mind is like tom riddle's diary where it answers questions that you write in the diary and maybe this is how your character knows so much maybe you're telling all the other uh party members like hey this i'm an expert in this but you don't actually know you're just getting these answers from a book um very interesting. Lots of stuff we can do with Arcana. Uh so moving into history, how do you feel about the history skill, just in general? So the history skill is interesting. There's it seems
1: like not many applications to use the like the knowledge history skill outside of a uh social setting. Mm-hmm. Um Very, there's a few things you might be able to get at as far as uh, if you know the history of a certain region. Like Mm -hmm. you may know that a certain building was on fire at one point. So it might have a structural weakness that was never quite fixed. So you may be able to use that in your knowledge, may be able to
0: glean that from your knowledge history. Sort of knowledge of local architecture. That kind of thing, yeah. You know, as I was preparing for this podcast, I did not think much of history, but now that I've really taken some time to think about it, I think it's entirely possible that history is an underrated jack-of-all-trades skill that's limited by the player's creativity or phrasing or the GM's judgment. Uh, the, The reason that I say that is I feel like history applies to just about everything. And so if you ask, how is this typically handled, you may very well be a historian who's come across this before. Uh, We'll go ahead and start with combat applications. All I've really got for this is kind of similarly to what you said, a knowledge of combat tactics, unit morale, successful strategies, uh, maybe local architecture that may be able to give you some sort of environmental boon. Anything you want to add to that?
1: Um, It may if you're facing someone famous, it may help knowledge history in combat may help you know what kind of attacks they're going to use on you and better prepare for said attacks mm. like, uh, like a all... famous pit fighter he's going to go for a big uh big right hand swing with his sword or whatever at the start of the fight that's mm-hmm. always how he starts
0: this this order of knights all use you know, this rapiers, particular weapon you yeah. know yeah something like that i like that a lot um as far as mobility goes it may not necessarily help you walk around but a historian would have knowledge of safe paths, uh, merchant trade routes, uh, famous rest spots, infamously dangerous like bandit areas. These are all things a historian would know about. Uh, as far as you, did would, you want to add something? I would also say that that the knowledge history may give you
1: the uh, the the knowledge of hidden paths within the city too, underground routes. Uh, oh yeah. Sewers, that kind of thing, hidden ways for people. Uh, these to get were around. built
0: long before we started using the waterways. Catacombs that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah. I like that. This is where we used to bury our dead. Good stuff. So as far as utility goes, I feel like history is in that weird space, the way that it dips its toes into every other skills pond. Yeah. Uh, and I'm just going to run through some questions. You can ask your GM real quick. Uh, you could say, do I have any knowledge of early agricultural use of the environment around here? And that's essentially nature. Yeah. Reskinned as history. Do I have any knowledge of historical architecture or famous tricks people use to fool investigators? That'll help you with your investigation. Totally. Knowledge of the role of a local religion in this region's development. Knowledge of how the indigenous natives hid themselves and in their infamous guerrilla tactics. Knowledge of how primitive cultures produce tools from the environment. What were the successful agricultural techniques that gave rise to civilizations? Essentially, if a character is able to give the information they need some sort of historically relevant past tense context, it might be possible to use history to fish information out of your GM for a little bit about everything. I mean, you may be able to
1: further plot points because of your knowledge history, finding out that, oh, hey, this person did something weird in the past let's say they robbed someone but then suddenly they cleaned up their act there may be something
0: behind that as to why mm. that happened or like ooh, we haven't seen any signs of like this cult for like 70 years and yeah why are they showing up now uh the unearthed arcana skill feat plays on this i believe it's called historian Uh, allowing you to assist and pass along your proficiency bonus to another person's skill check, provided you're able to recall information relevant to the context. And that's sort of in the same way that we did now. So like if your buddy's making an athletics check, you can be like, well, you know, there was that time that uh, we used that pulley system to pick this up, you know, here and here. And now, you know, like where to pick up this, this object and it'll help you out a little bit. May even make the uh, make you a little
1: better at setting up. I I would say sometimes a good knowledge check or a good uh, uh, just good history check will help. Sometimes I would give bonuses to other roles that that would support.
0: Yeah, it's kind of weird how it's it's like a support skill. Yeah, Uh, I feel like if you just throw that word historical in there and just ask, like, how is this dealt with before? A historian would have come across that because historians come across everything. So let's look at some role-play opportunities real quick. Um, when I think of historians, the ability to frame a story has a powerful effect on the uninformed. Jobs, I'm, I'm thinking politicians, scholars, shut-ins, social butterflies, shamans, information brokers, or spies. Uh, any, any jobs that come to mind as far as history goes?
1: Um... Uh, stock uh, yeah stock brokers really is like that they know how the market's going to change and fluctuate that's really uh, they know how it has previously so that their knowledge of the past will help with future investment choices that kind of thing
0: Mm -hmm. and it's important to know here that your character knows more about the world than you do you might just be showing up on tuesdays to play this game but your character has lived their whole life in this setting Uh, So you can fish information out of your GM as long as you're phrasing your questions the right way. Uh, A quick note on how to use information that you can dig up. Uh, I've got leverage. What is the king of this kingdom likely to be in short supply of? What does he want? How well is the kingdom's economy recovering from the last war? All of these tell you what you want and give you an objective to fulfill. Uh, I've also got direction. Having this information tells you what to do next. Knowing what a faction's behavioral patterns are can be an incredibly valuable asset. Does that mafia family have a tendency to make deals? They have a history of getting away with crime, and you need your name cleared? If you don't know how to get X accomplished, just ask your GM how this is typically done and use that history check. Anything you want to add to that? I feel that's pretty well covered the topic. We've uh,
1: I, and I know we talked about how difficult history was as an abstract for skill usage. So. Mm.
0: Yeah. The last thing I want to touch on is reflavoring history. Cause I think there's some, some weird ways to do it. I think if you want to say, Oh, I'm not just like a, a scholar. Uh, I'm a character who has lived long enough to witness everything firsthand. So you're not reading it out of a book. You were there for that war. You were there for the tragedies that followed it. Um, I can see a character who experiences momentary visions, gaining information from the past in that way. Uh, I like the idea of like an eldritch entity, uh, that whispers sort of like impossible knowledge into your mind, uh, sort of filling you in.
1: That's something that's kind of funny is just someone that always has secondhand knowledge of the events that have gone on. Like... Always oh, showed oh, up yeah. right afterwards. And being, <laughs> yeah. like, being able to talk about what happened, but not really experiencing it. Is yeah, just I was there just
0: common. in time for the ending. Yeah. Okay, well, let's go ahead and move on to investigation. A quick note on perception versus investigation. Uh, perception is noticing something you weren't looking for. Uh, I find is generally the easiest way to explain it. Whereas investigation is finding what you are looking for. So you are searching for something as opposed to noticing something. I feel like this actually has a lot more application than people realize, uh, especially like for combat. Um, Sizing up your enemy prior to combat, finding out who they take orders from, finding out how their encampment is getting supplies, and are there any ale, water, or wine casks to poison. Um, Searching for environmental advantages, Anything you want to add to that?
1: Um, They'll also let you find out any specific weaknesses about a person. If, you, if you're if you during your investigation check, you may find out that this person has a limp, so they're favoring a certain leg or a. Uh, you may see that there's a bandage on part of someone that you otherwise would not have noticed that's covering up a wound that you may be able to take advantage of later. Like mm-hmm. making a targeted strike on a wound will... I would generally give some kind of either distraction bonus or something too.
0: Right. Now, making an, uh, a search check, rather, mid-combat is an action, but the Investigator Unearthed Arcana skill, uh, or feat, rather, allows a character to search as a bonus action, which makes this much more efficient. Uh, I will also allow my characters to search for ammunition mid-combat if it's somebody, like, they just shot. And if yeah. they're able to pass that investigation check, I'll allow them to gather D4 ammunition back from that corpse. Uh, so people are able to shoot and sort of scavenge as they go.
1: That's a really nice flavor, and that kind of gives it a very survival mm-hmm. a, survival game aspect to it.
0: Oh, yeah, got to nice. count your arrows. Um, As far as mobility, how does investigation relate to mobility?
1: So that'll get you... Um, uh, again, easy uh, easy paths around certain things. You may notice a path that you didn't previously. Uh, instead of going around, just go right over that kind of thing, and it's easier. It, you find that it is easier to do something uh, through investigation. Sometimes mm-hmm. you'll learn what options.
0: Investigation will help you get more options in the future. I feel. Yeah, and you know what? Now's a great time to mention. I feel like. When it comes to content generating skills, investigation is the content generation skill. When a player has an idea to look for something the DM hasn't thought about, this is the skill check to make it exist. I can't tell you how many times a player has thought, can I look at this or can I look for this? And I thought, oh my gosh, like this would be there, wouldn't it? And the game would drastically change because the player thought of something I didn't and found what they were looking for. This is again one of those examples of like the DM just not being able to account for every single detail.
1: Definitely, and you'll have players that will pick something up and just find a use for it and run with it, and that's that's an awesome part of this. And investigation really makes it so that there's a tangible skill involved in these uh, in these findings and in their creativity.
0: Mm-hmm. Use this to make things exist in the world. Uh, I would like to note that investigation also helps you see through illusions and determine how things work. If there's a sort of mechanism or you see a trap, figure out how that trap is triggered and what it intends to do once triggered. I feel
1: like and if you get a decent enough and roll on that investigation check, again, I like to give bonuses for good checks uh, uh, for in the future. Oh, yeah. So if it's a good investigation check, they would get a bonus to disarming said
0: trap, that kind of thing. Mm Mm-hmm. And there's there's opportunities to investigate things everywhere. Uh, What's important to the person you're investigating? What would destabilize their life? Where is their important stuff kept? What important stuff do they have?
1: I feel like specificity is a large part of the investigation skill Mm -hmm. and... Being able to say that you were looking for something specifically when you're doing your check goes a long way as far as how well that check will come out at the end.
0: Yes, I personally would much rather find what I'm looking for than notice something I wasn't generally. That's also part of me just enjoying having narrative control. Uh, any other ways that you would role play this? What is, what is being... What does having such a powerful investigation do to a personality?
1: I feel like that gets you really good, like, kind of plays into something that we'll talk about later with perception. Kind of gets you, you'll notice things a little more easily, I feel, like as a character. Especially if you walk into a room and your investigation is, I'd like to size up the other combat, anyone else in this room, see if they're a threat. You'll find that's things, a general. Yeah. Investigation uh, that's still like okay. You may spot one person in
0: the corner that's got a dagger tucked in their belt. That kind of thing. Mm-hmm. There's a great show called Monk uh, that centers around a character with an extremely high investigative ability that is attributed to a crippling OCD. Uh, so he he's a germaphobe afraid to go anywhere, but he notices everything. Uh, so it's interesting to kind of see how that plays into personality. Oh, so like a different um, how it affects the character, or a different right, exactly. reason why they
1: would have large investigative skill.
0: Well, yeah, sure. Let's take a look at that. Actually, uh, I can see this being attributed to sharper than average senses, as opposed to just you know being like a, a very good inspector. Uh, perhaps it's paranoia induced. I really like that one because I yeah. feel like you could slap that on any character. Uh, perhaps it's due to a traumatic event that your character now sizes up everybody and everything. Or another one that I enjoy, as usual, is impossible knowledge.
1: Oh, yeah. You have the, uh, that little, again, that little voice whispering in your
0: ear, kind of mm-hmm. telling you things that you shouldn't know. Yeah, just whispering that to you. So moving on to nature, how do you use nature in combat? What is knowing about nature? Let, let's start rather with what, what does knowing about nature give us? So knowing about nature will get you things like
1: uh, identifying trees and uh, plants that can be used in the environment. Um, Knowing, being able to identify animal tracks so that you can follow an animal, that kind of thing. Um, I'd say it relates to like hunting and gathering pretty much. Which is weird how it layers with another skill, survival, Mm -hmm. and overlaps with it.
0: I was going to say, it's interesting that you should say that, because when we we get to our wisdom skills, we will be covering that, and an important distinction to make between survival and nature. Uh, But yeah, in general, it's like knowing about plants, knowing about the time of day, and so on and so forth. Uh, In the past, this is something that I would take one look at and be like, no, absolutely not. That will never come into my game. I do not need it. Like, I'm a fighter. What do I need, you know, nature skills for? Turns out nature skills do a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, As far as combat goes, they can be used for identifying environmental boons that can be used in combat, such as tree sap that can be ignited, frogs that produce a venom, or herbs that reduce pain or disorient. Uh, This is going to be one of those skills that, like survival, the more you actually know as a human about nature in real life, the more uses you'll be able to think of for this skill. Knowing what beasts hunt, what predators feed on them, and what senses they perceive with. Animal urine as a scent indicator is extremely powerful in the animal world. Uh, And this can be gathered or replicated with minor illusion, prestidigitation, uh, thaumaturgy, or druidcraft. Predator sounds can be used to induce fear in beasts, and poor vision can be taken advantage of. So moving into mobility, how would you apply the nature skill? So that would be knowing not to
1: pass near... The cer- like knowing not to pass by poison ivy because you might touch it. Um Knowing that a area looks kind of watery. So you might not want to walk there because it looks like quicksand, that kind of being able to identify certain things Environmental. in nature, the environment. Yes. In your area, I feel like it, c- it will contribute to the mobility aspect of nature.
0: Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, finding pathways. Through the rugged wilderness. Definitely. Uh, Excellent ranger skill there. Uh, Using scent masking to avoid animal encounters. I I mentioned this in combat, but I feel like if you were to use this while you traveled as well, you could just avoid that to begin with. Uh, Determining where a source of food or water can be found. Uh, And this is things like um, using animal presence as implications of nearby resources. Uh, Hogs have like a kind of stinky smell to them. And if you smell that, you're usually near a wallow, which will have a rather gross source of water available there for you. Um, anything else as far as finding things using nature? Um, even finding
1: uh, finding food you can use in the environment as well. Like knowing mm. knowing that there would be food
0: in the area to find. Being able to forage yeah. based on what you can observe. Yes. Um, yeah, I I can imagine determining, as far as utility goes, what's wrong with a natural environment or ecosystem if you're trying to identify a problem. Uh, determining the time of day, that's an easy give me. Um, so I, I I wanted to make a note about something. Knowledge of natural terrain, weather, natural cycles, and plants and animals. This is what the PHB tells you, the player's handbook. Which sounds really mundane, but what does this mean for your setting? What if beasts aren't that common in your post-apocalyptic setting? Uh, maybe knowing when radiation storms are going to hit and knowing where giant scorpions like to breed is more appropriate for your nature skill. It's generally going to
1: take the shape of your game, of the game world you're playing in. Mm-hmm. So if you're playing in a... Uh, like... Ran- something coming up flat like a whole flesh landscape you're probably gonna find like a, a, it's horrible horrible flesh landscape flesh you're probably landscape. gonna find like a bunch of zombies and crazy monstrosities that kind of thing it's like
0: dust made of skin gross yeah <laughs> um so some role-playing opportunities for the nature skill uh, a character familiar with the workings of the natural world can find work investigating natural irregularities Finding rare materials or components or gathering remedies. Uh, I also like the idea of helping places develop agriculturally in response for, or in in return for like housing or food or favors. Uh, And in a medieval setting, especially, there are characters that stand to benefit from better crops, healthier animals, or more abundant hunting grounds. Uh, And your character has all of this to offer. Uh, nature, Definitely, I feel, is yeah. a very marketable skill as far as like establishing yourself in a D and D setting. Definitely, and, and really, I
1: feel like the the lar- one of the classes that really mainly uses it is druid, is mm-hmm. because of their closeness to the natural world and how all their spells
0: utilize the natural world. So. Oh yeah, I can see rangers or nature clerics getting into it too. Speaking of druid, the druidcraft cantrip functions as a sort of catch-all spell for creating minor natural effects. Coupled with a nature skill, it makes for a great way to bring across the flavor of a naturally gifted character. Having this cantrip allows your character to be able to instantly produce that urine scent, imitate those animal calls, or consistently light fires without you having to gather components or make skill checks. Uh, note that you can reflavor this cantrip to be non-magical, uh, simply saying that you have the components, you know, vials of of blood or urine on you uh, that you need on your person. And the expertise to imitate the animal sounds comes from that druid craft cantrip. But that's you like making noises with your mouth and so on. Uh, this is available to druids or level one nature clerics. It's also obtainable through the magic initiate feat or the warlocks packed of the tome. Uh, any other role-playing opportunities off the top of your head? For nature,
1: um, really, I feel like it be like Introducing a area to farming, maybe a cha- you can change a hunter gatherer tribe to a like a farming community, that kind of mm-hmm. thing. Like you can severely influence entire civilizations with the nature skill in some ways
0: by introducing knowledge that they didn't have. Oh previously. yeah, you can reshape a society that way. Uh, knowledge of the natural world can come across in a personality in in several different ways, and, and the two first ones to come to mind for me was. Uh, the very sociopathic utilitarian dog eat dog world kind of character, survival of the like fittest. Survival of the fittest, yeah. And then the opposite of that is like the Rat of gas like Kantian simplicity, purity of spirit, like kindly soul yeah. type characters. Uh, and as far as reflavoring the nature skill, uh, in addition to what we mentioned earlier, perhaps the nature skill doesn't mean the same thing for every character. Maybe in the same setting as your forests, you'll later need a blind psychic who can navigate the chaotic, unseen realm on the other side of reality. Once you've lost all consciousness, this person can guide your astral forms through the dream stuff of an entirely different plane, making nature checks to navigate the sort of environment they're familiar with. In this case, you have your rangers in the same setting as you have, like, uh, your chaos psychics. Whatever you want to call that,
1: I would also say that on a in bringing up the Ravnica setting again, um, on that one, your knowledge nature probably wouldn't pertain to forests or anything. It would pertain to living in a giant plain-wide city. The entire yeah. world is a city, so Perfect your example. your your knowledge nature would be: Can I? How, are, is this building able to be scaled easily? Can I duck through this alleyway? You know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm.
0: Where's Where's the best places to steal food from? Exactly. That sort of thing. So lastly, we're going to move into the final knowledge skill, which is religion. Uh, religion is kind of a weird one for me. Um, as far as combat goes, I found it a little trickier. Uh, <laughs> you can reference knowledge of celestials, fiends, or undead creatures, which is kind of similar to the way nature works for beasts. Yeah. Uh, in addition to that, you can taunt zealots with particularly heretical remarks. Clerics and paladins. Clerics and paladins. Yeah. Any combat uses for religion?
1: So um, that actually helps you. You said identify the reference knowledge. That'll get you weaknesses for undead creatures. Um, like you said, celestials and fiends, mm. and uh, extra planar entities. Generally, it'll get, help you
0: glean knowledge to defeat them. Um. That's kind of a weird one. Yeah, definitely. Um, as far as mobility goes, I found religion actually kind of stepped up to the plate in a weird way uh, in the form of disguising oneself to gain access to points of entry or use of religious transportation services and uh, or disguising oneself to avoid detection or harassment. A real-life example of this are Japanese assassins who would shave their samurai top knots and disguise themselves as Shinto monks in order to get around unbothered. That, by the way, is an example of a history check that dips its toe into deception. I was
1: going to say some of these seem like they're dipping their toe into oh, some... Oh, every uh, history check deception dips its, its toe. Yeah. Uh,
0: what about you? How, how would you get around using religion? Um, places to stay in, maybe? Honestly,
1: being able to re, uh, call up a saint of a, cert, of a certain holy order and use that name to try and get you places within the church. Um, saying that you're, you know, this blessed person of someone, you know, Pelor, let's say I think that's the the wrong edition, God edition.
0: Yeah. Well, but this is the perfect example for that charlatan to use that second identity and say, well, actually I'm a member of this place. Like can you guys give me a little food? Give me some some place to sleep for the night. <laughs> uh so as far as utility goes, there are some weird ways to use religion here. Um You could use it to perform religious services, uh, especially if you're in disguise. You can use religion to interact with others, uh, whether that is applying religious pressure to pious NPCs, which is arguably intimidation or persuasion, but rooted in religious knowledge and arguments. You could spread a message en masse. And you can get information through confessional-like services, assuming that they function. I I grew up with a background in in Christianity, so that's just what I've referenced off the top of my head. Uh, But I'm sure knowledge of religion in general would allow you to be a little more creative with what you can do with this. Um, What about you? What are some useful ways?
1: I feel like that would also kind of go towards uh, knowing what kind of rituals a certain sect might do, or even Mm -hmm. a cult might do, or looking at the information you have, you might be able to use a knowledge, a religion check to make another step in that. That's a great
0: point, actually. Uh, like if you know what somebody's, uh, religious service schedule is, then you'll know like where this high ranking of the, of this religion might be where and when, you know, when they're practicing their worship, uh, or you could determine what a religious faction might want or be afraid of. If you know about these guys, maybe you know they're they're after gold. They're trying to expand their influence. Or maybe they need salt because they're having a hard time getting across the desert. Uh, as far as role-playing opportunities go, we had discussed disguising yourself. And I feel like using your knowledge to be in disguise is a excellent, excellent example. Uh, what comes to mind for you? Um
1: that's definitely going to be able to influence a paladin or a cleric. You may even get, be able to lead them in a different direction that they might not go because you start throwing the name of their God behind what mm-hmm. you believe, you feel like they might do. And you, it, it can cause uh, some, some religious characters to question beliefs, that kind of thing.
0: Mm-hmm. Um or you can create tension that way. Exactly. Uh, discuss with your GM how religion fits into your setting. Uh, do the gods interact directly with the mortals? Does religion serve an influential role in the setting? Does the DM really even think about religion? It may not even be that useful if the DM doesn't account for it. Um, favor. Favor. As far as religion goes, favor I feel is a powerful currency and any king or lord looking to build rapport with the local religion and perhaps in turn the locals could use a good middleman or woman. Looking for worker opportunities to flex your religion skill with political figures, merchants, police groups or anyone that stands to gain the favor of the people uh, will be a good place to turn to. Uh, Anyone looking to redeem themselves as well uh who else would you flex religion for
1: honestly i feel like if you're in a uh theocracy a government run Ooh. by a religion that gets you, having a lot of religious knowledge gets you so much power in that wow. kind of setting that's a
0: really good point especially if it's like all the way up to the top
1: definitely if 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 someone like your uh your extraplanar uh pre, uh cleric is in charge of an entire, like, thousand-person people, thousand person religion, then there's some very serious things you can do with that.
0: Oh, yeah. And if you're looking to really role-play uh, a religious flavor, the Thaumaturgy cantrip functions as a sort of catch-all spell for creating minor divine or paranormal effects, such as slamming doors, glowing eyes, or, very useful in particular, a booming voice. This is available to the cleric or level 1 divine soul sorcerers, and, as usual, is obtainable through the magic initiate feat or the warlock's pact of the tome. Just start every encounter with the booming voice. What Fear booming not! Voice. Here, here comes the chosen one. Uh, implications. What does a high religion skill say about a character? What caused such piety? Yeah, I feel... I and that kind of
1: creates a whole background. You could have someone that... Oh,
0: yeah.
1: Like, the church is a means to an end... And while they have they have all of this specific knowledge about the church just to use as kind of a as a weapon in their own
0: way. Mm -hmm. And again, this kind of goes into the setting, too. Like it's completely different if you see gods and there's evidence of gods interacting with people as opposed to gods that are never seen by anybody. Uh, I like the idea of a traumatic experience causing uh, a lot of piety or witnessing the paranormal, fear of death, evil, or fear of gods, uh, reliance upon a religion for food or shelter or religious upbringing as well. all solid reasons for that. Uh, as far as reflavoring religion if if your DM tells you that religion really isn't around or it's maybe not influential enough or perhaps... Extremely varied and comes in the form of many things beyond just like a simple religion. I would recommend reskinning this skill as an organization's skill that you use to recognize military banners, mercenary companies, family insignias, reaver encampments, country flags, political parties, and familiarity with other sorts of influential groups. That
1: seems like a really good reflavoring of it. Um you also have like in You could have a singular person who is part of a religion and other people could view that as like a mental illness or something like that not trying to you know put anything out there but it's like this person is getting their knowledge religion is let's say another voice talk like an extra planar entity talking to them but everyone else thinks they're crazy
0: oh yeah so you have like narrative conflict exactly Ooh, and that's a good one too conflict of religion So that's about it for our knowledge skills. Thanks for joining us. Swing by next time on the Ad Proficiency Podcast for our wisdom skills. The Ad Proficiency Podcast is brought to you by NerdJam.net and Barcode Media. For more information, check out the links in the description below.